Good evening, listeners. This is the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. Welcome back. Um, this is your host, Kyle Bird. I am joined by my co-host. Matt Parmley. Oh, hello, Matt. Hi. Uh, and we have uh, some familiar voices with us today. We have our uh, friend and a recurring guest host, uh, we have Kevin of the Mazer Patrol blog and podcast, author of Kaiju for Hipsters. What's up? I'm not going to be as uh, informed today as I often am. <laughs> yeah, the and that also is why we have, uh, uh, we're talking about Ultraman, so uh, that usually means we call in uh, Mr. Connor Anderson. Welcome back, Yo. sir. It's a pleasure to be back, Kyle. I'm going to have lots of questions. <laughs> and I'm, I've got lots of answers. I hope I can be of service to you guys today. Um, so, in the, like, week or two between when we recorded last and now, everything went absolutely insane, and there's all kinds of news and announcements and stuff that that have have come out um and so uh we we should do our uh due diligence and do a news roundup here i guess we'll we'll start big um there was a godzilla versus kong trailer i know everyone can finally finally um get some sleep uh because the trailer is out um uh, and, uh, I don't know, I just want to know how upset you guys are that we saw Kong punching Godzilla in the face. I'm I, totally uh, realistic cold. that they would be on the, the, uh, mm-hmm. the ship. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I know, don't can you that. believe that uh-huh. Godzilla got punched in the face by King Kong? I Yeah, what the hell? What the fuck is that monkey's problem? Yeah. I think, uh... My favorite part of the trailer is when they announced the movie's release date and then pushed it back a week later, within <laughs> <laughs> forty-eight hours. That's that's the that's the sign of a good movie. Um, who oh boy, yeah. Uh, I mean, the trailer itself is, I mean, whatever. I guess it looks fun, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of ready for the MonsterVerse thing to. You know, I, I feel like they there was a, a missed opportunity. I think it had a good run, and I think it's you know, I think it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I actually you're not looking forward for the to the Varan solo film next year. Kyle? Oh yeah, yeah, Ver, the the phase two. <laughs> phase yeah, you're, two not, guys. you're not excited for the for the Yog <laughs> for the Yog movie that's coming out. Yeah. Oh my god. That's going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy of the Monsters. I just tell you right here and there. <laughs> well, Guardians Yogg of the Galaxy Space actually, you know, uses too. the music that's in the trailers in the movie itself, so. Yeah, I, yeah, hey, we might get to the, uh, whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> that, that Maybe that song will play during a, an epic showdown. With, uh. Mecha, I, guess, I mean, we can say it. I think the internet has ma- has made sure that everybody knows that Mechagodzilla is in it, right? Wait, that's Mechagodzilla? I thought it was Cybersaur. <laughs> uh, no, no Shiryu? <laughs> oh, my God. 
I wish it Team G. You know what's crazy though is like <laughs> I was obviously joking, but like there's people legitimately mad that Kong punched him in the face. <laughs> it's what were they expecting from this movie? <laughs> Well, I, then they got I, mad that they that he gets an illegal axe. battle. <laughs> so you can't. I will. I will declare. Um, I will declare. I'm going to come out and say it. Uh, you know what? I'm on Team Kong. I'm. I, I'm coming out. Okay. I'm saying it. You know. I. I, I shouldn't. I don't. You I, just cost us three people, <laughs> which is half of our listeners. I. I bet. I guarantee you, at least one person has unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> now, now let there me have ex- been countless, <laughs> countless YouTube videos and articles and posts about how it's unrealistic that Kong would have a shot to win. And okay, I just can't all right, even. All right. I don't. I'll. I don't okay, understand. I. Oh my god! I can't believe we're talking. Okay, <laughs> so, so many I, people are <laughs> Team Godzilla or Team Kong, and I'm like, what? Why can't Bella Swan just date both of them? <laughs> <laughs> I will entertain this conversation for for no more than a couple minutes, okay? Uh, okay. First of Bert, all, I just want you to know you started this. this is, <laughs> I've this is I know fault. I've I've backed myself into corner here. Well, I was on it's Team Dad. Who gives a shit about Ultraman anymore? I want to <laughs> let's do some Congress. I was on Team Godzilla. And then not only are Godzilla fans like super insecure about it, but then Godzilla fans started hating on King Kong, and that convinced me to go uh, flop over to Team Kong because a there wouldn't be a Godzilla without a King Kong. So show some respect, nerds, um, we- um, weebs. Uh, actually, uh, but actually, it wasn't a beast from twenty thousand fathoms that inspired Godzilla. <laughs> Secondly, They're both dinosaurs come on. And and secondly, uh Kong does stand a chance cuz A, he's like the same size as Godzilla now. B, he's a gorilla and he's a gorilla the size of Godzilla, which probably means he could like rip Godzilla's head off if he wanted to. Uh in C, um it's in I, the script. I right, yeah, the writers can do whatever they want. You know, if they, if they want Kong to win, they can make him win. Oh, but oh, well, they had to give him an axe that can deflect Godzilla's beam or whatever. Okay, Godzilla has a new power like every movie <laughs> that he just pulls out of his ass. So King Kong's allowed, and 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 uh, Godzilla has become way too overpowered anyway. I, I, I like we were talking among ourselves like we miss when like oh the military uh almost buries Godzilla by like luring him into a ditch or something like now yeah, and then they, they, they <laughs> throw a bunch of gasoline in there too just yeah like I uh, don't fire like <clears throat> I'm not into the idea that he's like this literal walking nuclear power plant that <clears throat> can survive anything like if godzilla gets punched in the face like he should get dizzy you know i don't i don't want i think ever when, when do you think that it started the heisei series where godzilla just so. like um <clears throat> question is what film in the heisei series like i'm i'm putting my money on uh mechagodzilla 2 for that yeah i would <clears throat> say between mechagodzilla 2 and then like i mean he dies in mechagodzilla 2 technically they they oh, defeat but him he comes he back gets... and he's got like a 
colorful beam. Yeah. <laughs> well, the- I guess my, my overall point is like Godzilla's lost a bunch, and I, I don't. I can't even believe we're even talking about this. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I know all the listeners who came in here for Ultraman Z. You're, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Yeah, just, we haven't even gotten to Cloverfield yet. Oh yeah, yeah. We well, we got, we got, we got a lot, we got more to talk about here. So, yeah, okay, just, my, just. My put, only thing I want to talk about with Godzilla versus Conk is, uh, I Conk. liked the trailer. The music was not, you know, great. So that's. There. I see what they were trying. I, I, am of two minds because a like I don't know. I, I the song itself is kind of dumb, but I see what they were doing, which is like to get you pumped up, like a boxing match, you know. But like, uh, uh, and and I don't know. I I do kind of prefer that to like if you look at the trailers for the previous two movies, mm-hmm. where like they're super serious and like there's operatic music in the background. It's like no, we're watching a lizard fight a monkey, like. <laughs> <laughs> they could have picked a better song but i i the the trailer didn't it wasn't as pretend it, it 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 didn't have the pretentiousness of the the other trailers i guess is what if I'm it's saying. as stupid and fun as the trailer suggests i'm here for it i don't expect much my expectations are low so if it like is remotely entertaining i will be i will be happy we'll know in less than two months <clears throat> Speaking of the MonsterVerse, uh, it is continuing in a format that is uh, mildly expected, which is Netflix. <laughs> um, uh, we are so uh, it's, we're we're gonna say goodbye to Godzilla and the gang, uh, and I'm not sure continuity wise. They haven't said we will get a, a, a Kong series. Uh, an animated series from the studio uh, that made uh, Castlevania for Netflix. Um, and uh, the writer is Brian Duffield, who monster movie fans would probably know. He did Love and Mo- he wrote Love and Monsters, which we just reviewed on the podcast, and Underwater. Um, and he w- he had like a really big year with uh, like several movies coming out and you know getting decently received so um but yes uh from what i understand toho uh they they do want autonomy of the godzilla property i mean everyone knows there's been like weird legal things that have prevented them from doing uh what certain things at certain times with legendary having the rights so um that's that's done with uh, which is, is going to be strange because, from what I understand, they're not going to be able to feature Godzilla or the Toho monsters or mention them, but it's in the <laughs> same continuity. Which I don't know. That's going to be weird. Uh, but I mean, if it's if it's all about people stranded on Skull Island, which it is, I guess there's no real need for it. Um, I mean, Netflix has kind of done that before with the Marvel stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the Marvel stuff, like. Um, for yeah, for example, like uh, an episode of Daredevil, it, they might say like the big green guy, and it's like everyone knows they're talking about the Hulk, but like they can't for whatever re- like they they can't like come out and like say it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, if if they need to mention something else, I, it would probably be the same same kind of deal there. Uh, 
but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> like, I didn't see that and get super excited, but I also wasn't like, oh, why? Like, ooh, it's like, okay, cool. I'll watch it. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? I'll watch it. Um, I'm not hoping for anything amazing, but, you know, I'm sure it'll be a, a fine, you know, night's worth of entertainment. Notice how I haven't the, used the word anime this whole time talking about well, this. Well, you would trigger Thank Kevin. You. you would trigger yes. Kevin. <laughs> well, it is like it's an American animation studio with Amer- all-American production crew. So, like, why is it... I don't know why it's called anime. Uh, I because don't... of marketing stuff. Netflix had a whole Enter the Anime uh, documentary and initiative that they did a, a few years ago where they were trying to cash in on the sort of cultural clout that the word anime brings without actually, you know, bringing anything from Japan. So, yeah, well, but, I, like, do they get more, uh, like, do more people watch it if you call a cartoon an anime? I don't... <laughs> I don't... I don't. Yeah, I, I guess so. It's, uh, it's bizarre. All right, you, you can have stuff that is good animation without it necessarily being anime. Right. Well, I, the the same studio did Castlevania, which is, I mean, that's it's like not an anime show, inspired but look, but like, yeah, but it, like the what I'm saying is like, I, I think we could exp- there's there's a chance that this is actually a, a pretty quality thing as opposed to like Godzilla anime level. Um, if you're going to compare it to anything, there's. Believe it or not, another King Kong animated series on Netflix. Yes, it, no, uh, it can't be worse than that, that right? <laughs> I don't want to think about that one. Kevin, didn't you watch the whole thing? I I stopped somewhere in the second season. Oh, I, for some reason I thought you did. You 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 watched the whole thing. I was going to say I don't know anyone that watched the whole thing except for Kevin, but I can't see even say that now. <laughs> Um, you know, to keep up with all these, I had to open up that, uh, that Thanos meme with, like, <laughs> all the upcoming things. Um, so I guess, uh, we can, uh, we can segue that into, um, actual poor-looking anime. Uh, <laughs> we got, uh, I guess a little teaser for Pacific Rim the Black. Uh, I don't, I don't know that it's anything, it's much more than what we've seen before, uh, but, uh, it's definitely a Polygon Productions, uh, affair. Um, yeah, they, characters look like they could be in the Godzilla anime. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like they <laughs> just have the same models that they keep, like, putting new hair over or something. <laughs> but, um... I don't know. That comes out in about a month. I think March fourth or something. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. Hopefully, not many, so we can just you know let's just get this over with. Um, <laughs> I'm way ahead. Of you. I'm not even going to watch it. <laughs> well, I, the only thing that's like making me like, oh well, it, maybe it'll actually be decent. Is uh, they got a uh, comic book writer Craig Kyle is the showrunner and like. Uh, um like i i don't keep up with comics but like trev who's been on the podcast a million times like he's a big comic guy and like he said like oh that guy's really good he's written a lot of like the really good x-men stuff so i don't know i mean if the writing is good i'll be able to handle the 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 look of it but you know again we'll see you know hopefully it's like four episodes and i can just you know 
call it a <laughs> call it a deal and <laughs> just I, I doubt get it through it. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, we have the biggest WTF, which is allegedly they are uh, trying to get a proper Cloverfield two off the ground. Um, after their weird attempt to make Cloverfield into this kind of anthology franchise, they want to go back to the original movie, do a sequel to that, that would not be found footage. Who knows if this is actually going to happen? You know, uh, movies get written and not made all the time, but, um, I don't know. Where are you guys on, on this? This is a, the, oh, this is a weird one. They've uh, that before. <laughs> what would that give? You know, they they just they've announced that Cloverfield two so many times, and you know it's like, oh, this will still be found footage, but it'll be the same night from somebody else's perspective, or like, oh no, we're gonna do one that's not found footage, or oh no, we're gonna do a prequel, and like they, they never do. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't. It's one of those things where obviously money <laughs> and stuff, and I guess we're at the point now where there's probably some kind of nostalgia that they could try to grab from the first one but it's one it's one of those things where like if you take the found footage away you 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 are taking away the thing that made it like interesting and by but by doing that you're you're trying to make like they probably think oh this is a new spin on cloverfield but it's like the new spin on cloverfield not being found footage is just the same monster spin on a monster movie everyone's seen so I don't know how interesting that can be. And then secondly, it's like if they did do it found footage, it'd be like, oh, they're just doing the same thing over again. So it's almost like I don't really understand why it needs to exist, I guess. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm in the same boat. I only saw the first film years and years ago. Um, I haven't maybe I should give it a rewatch sometime, but I you know, aside from again the found footage stuff. Is there really like a, and I know there's a manga and everything, and Kevin can, you know, uh, correct me on this sort of stuff, but just going off the the first film, uh, like, is there, is there like really any reason to sort of revisit this world or character for the most part? You know, like, I'm not. Yeah, there's really not. I don't. You know, like, it's a decent monster design. I'll give you that. And it's a unique spin for a, for a film. But I, I just don't see the point in, you know, going back to that character or that world compared to, you know, a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I mean, you you could do the the the, the monster like they did in the manga, but you could just as easily, you know, swap in Gamera. And I know that's giving people bad ideas, and maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but um. Watch, we're going to get a new Gamera movie that's announced, and it's going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I, I don't, I don't know, yeah, I, I feel like Cloverfield itself is, like, a one-and-done, hey, that was a cool twist on this kind of thing, so I don't know. Um, speaking of rehashing and going back to an old well, uh, we also got our first trailer for Shin Ultraman, um, which I... Pfft, uh, it's like a minute long, probably less. Um, yes. Yeah. But um, we see uh, what looks like 
The two antagonist monsters are going to be Gabora and Naranga. Uh, so we have two um, repurposed Baragons. And um, a lot of people talking and uh, strange angles of people talking and pointing at things and talking. Um, it looks a lot like, at least stylistically, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't... I don't. But it definitely looks like it's trying to be shin ultraman it's like okay is this what we're gonna do now is just take every property and do the shin version which is like you know your serious grounded realistic whatever um i don't know but i mean to, to me it just looks like okay these guys said they didn't want to do shin godzilla 2 and they went and made what <laughs> looks like shin looks godzilla like 2 shin godzilla. um uh so i don't know it, i i guess the cynical side of me is seeing like you know, uh, Subaraya probably just told Anno and Higuchi, like, hey, you know that thing you did for that other company that made, like, a gazillion dollars? Well, uh, we're going to partner with that company that made them all that money and ask you to do, like, can you do the same thing, but, like, with our guy? Um, and so, I don't know, it seems a little cash-grabby to me, but, I, like I said, I mean, I'm a cynical jerk face, so I don't know. What, what, what do you guys think there? I it's mean, hard to it's like cash grabby, but you know, so you could make the same Wait. argument about the original Ultraman. Well, yeah, right? so many things are, you know. I'll be. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. We don't know much about the movie's premise. We just got, like you said, a very, a, a very short clip show with a couple of scenes of monsters. You got the first look of Ultraman. What I really need to know, and the burning question to you guys is: Are you as mad? As some people are, oh god, after the removal of the color timer. I oh my <laughs> I, lord, I, I, I'm. <laughs> you'd expect me to be angry about it, but I'm fine. You know, it's it's told Narita's um, original intention, and you know, I mean, I'll say I personally disagree with Narita on the color timer. I think the color timer kind of completes the design, um, but at the same time, I think it's I think it's unique. It helps it stand apart from the other, I guess, mainline shows and movies. And, um, dude, Connor, again, (laughs) in in the group on the Facebook Ultraman group that you moderate, like someone made a post about it. And like, I, I, I commented or something and like, yeah, days later, I was still getting notifications on that thread. And I was like, (laughs) I just, I need to turn notifications (laughs) off because I said one thing, I don't care anymore. And people are still talking about this. Like, I I was pretty surprised that so many people like find it to be like it, you would think that it's like them taking Godzilla's like uh breath weapon away again like it's insane and like I I'm not like I'm still like new to the world of Ultraman but like I've never watched an Ultraman episode and the color timer went off and felt like oh what's going to happen like I feel so tense. Like the color timer going. That that's mattered in like four episodes ever, maybe. And like I've 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 always just looked at it as like a really cheap kind of gimmick that you know someone under the age of eight would would watch and be like, oh no, what? But like anyone above the age of eight is like, oh yeah, you know, this is when he's gonna do his special move and blow up the monster. Like yeah. I, I don't know why that's I like I don't I'm glad there's no color timer just because 
Like we've seen it for how many years? Like sixty years. Fifty-five. Or something? Fifty-five yeah. years. So yeah, close close to sixty years now. Um, I think again, I've only I've only watched Ultraman as a like about for about ten years now, um, which, which doesn't feel like it's been ten years, but that's still quite some. That's a decent chunk of my life, but. Um, I, I think I'm of the opinion that these people that are getting this upset about it, you know, it's it's kind of like taking away Superman's red undies in like the the DC movies. You know, it's something that you know is an established part of the character, and then it's taken away. And you know, it's it's a little minor thing, but like you know, if if you know you're used to Superman wearing the red underwear for most of your life, and then they change it, you're like, holy crap! What have they done? What have they done to Superman? I guess it's like that. Um, for me, I, I'm less worried about that. I think the design itself looks fine. Yeah, it, I like the design. It looks kind of weird with its, yeah, with its proportions. But you know, it's it's based on Ben Fura's like body, so like it's I, I can't be too weird about it. But like, I'm more concerned about like where the film's going to go and what's going to do and want to say versus if Ultraman has his little uh, little little light on his chest yeah same thing i mean i don't know i mean with trailers people graft onto like the dumbest stuff like you're you're thinking like okay what's the movie's tone what's its messaging what's it like like those are your concerns which are normal and their concern is like where's the color timer just like you know uh like when godzilla 24 7 when godzilla 2014 like when we saw first looks at that everyone was like oh my god he's got gills oh my lord and then after the movie came out like nobody said anything about him having gills no one cared so i don't know but yeah i mean i'm i'm just as someone who just as a movie i just don't find shin godzilla all that interesting to watch you know um yeah you know i mean i i you know i don't want a, a movie of just people talking about you know disaster relief over and over and over <laughs> um but yeah i mean we'll see i i i think that i mean this probably had a smaller budget than even shin godzilla like the cg for the monsters is like it's like playstation 3 <laughs> level yeah, yeah. I- <laughs> That's that's the one thing that I was a little disappointed on, um, like because I I feel like, and I know they were always going to go for CGI because that's just what Ano and Higuchi do with their stuff, but I was I was really holding out for like a proper uh, you know uh, traditional tokusatsu effects in an Ultraman I, I, movie that yeah, isn't a yeah. crossover yep. for the latest toy yeah, line. And TV I miss show. that stuff, you but, know, but it's you know it's time to you know. The world is terrible now, so we we, we, we <laughs> can't we'll, have it. We'll still get some miniatures. I just think. Yeah, we'll get. Those. Yeah, we'll be. We'll we'll get a couple shots of some mini miniatures, and then you know people will pay at lip service. Like, well, there was a miniature shot in that one part, and it's like, oh, yeah, in that one part, but <laughs> it's like whenever the the new Jurassic Park movie comes out, they're like, oh, we got animatronics in this one, and then it's just like a head for like a scene. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I will say at least, like, what is it, Gabora? Like, uh, they're doing, like, it looks like his back, like, spins. Probably, like, I don't know, to help him. I don't know what he did. Dig? Uh, does help he him drill? Yeah, I... yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's at least a cool little flourish that might be more difficult with, like, reg- like you know, practical effects. So, like, 
I don't know, at least they in one way they might have taken advantage of it. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, we'll see. You know, I, I, I'm going to watch it and we'll see what, what happens with it. I, I, I want to go into the movie thinking it will be good. Like, I, I don't like approaching media thinking, well, this is going to fucking suck. But, um, you know, and I don't feel that way about Shin Ultraman. Um, yeah, I don't really I'm feel hyped. that way either. It's more of just like, uh, well, we'll see where this goes. It's like Godzilla yeah. versus Kong. Like, I'm not expecting a good movie. I just want one that's fun and has fun characters. And that's where I am kind of concerned, because, like, if there's yeah. one place the MonsterVerse has dropped it, it's, like, characters. Everyone's just so boring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, the, you know, the, my favorite... Showa Godzilla movies don't have like the deepest characters, but they're fun to watch. They have big, yeah, per- they have big personalities, you know, and memorable, you know. Yeah. Like I think that's the reason why Gigan, despite being a movie that <laughs> is pretty terrible in every other regard, you know, is so beloved, is because the characters are fun. Like I would, I would legit probably watch Gigan if it had no kaiju in it. I know that sounds like blasphemy, but. It's yeah. true. The characters are that fun. Yeah, they're not like amazing, but they're fun. Everyone's everyone's got these big, bigger than life personalities. Like, I don't know. That's what that's what you should have. I like uh, the uh, the Skull Island characters. Uh, yeah, I, it's weird. Like the I guess the lead characters, like uh, Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston, they're pretty boring. But like Samuel Jackson's really good. John Goodman's really good. Even like John C. Riley. Yeah, John great. C. Riley. Like even some of the side characters, like Shea Wiggum, like they're a lot of fun. Like so, yeah. I mean, they definitely have more appeal than the the anyone in the two Godzilla movies, except for maybe Brian Cranston, who's like you know the only person that really seemed to know, feel like he knew he was in a Godzilla movie that whole time. Um, <laughs> Until he zipped him in a bag and then you never saw him again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he had Power Rangers to go do. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we're all caught up. There's all kinds we, of crap going on. Did you want to talk about Gajiller Singular Point? Well, we I did want to read yet. that crazy plot synopsis, but since this Google Translate, you brought up the good t- point that was like, eh, we can't really hold them accountable for this. So we'll see. Hopefully there will be an equally illegible official translation that we can <laughs> we can try to decipher <laughs> at a later date. Um, I mean, I it's, mean it's, it's, oh, Enjo, so, you know. yeah. Well, I, the second trailer came out, but I, I guess I don't, I don't like. I don't really have anything more to say. We get we get a, a, a better look at Jet Jaguar, which is cool. But you know, I well, whatever. <clears throat> um, Bird is so grouchy tonight. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is there anything more to say than oh, Jet Jaguar is neat? <laughs> and I still uh, like. I still don't like the Rodan uh, design or whatever. Right, the Rodan feels too much i feel like they're trying to channel gauss a little too much um because it isn't there like a swarm of them in sing that's what point? i think th- th- i think there's yeah there's, yeah, there's, there's swarm, i feel yeah. like there's definitely multiples so yeah i i just don't like the idea of like taking a character uh like a like a kaiju and just oh yeah there's a there's a swarm of them now it just especially with a character like rodan you know rodan you know should be a big guy you know he's a big guy well yeah Ga- you know gauss was like that at one point right mm-hmm well, now Gauss is a swarm. There was no swarm until the 90s, though. Like, the original Gauss was just a guy. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, Gauss is no longer... Like, we can't we have a hard time, like, uh, 
considering Gauss in any other circumstance other than a big bunch of Gausses. But that's that's a conversation for another time, I feel like. All right. Well, you want to know what a conversation for now is. That's Ultraman Z, a.k.a. Ultraman Z, a.k.a. Ultraman Z. I'm not sure which, like, if I'm speaking English, I'm not sure what, like... (laughs) Which one I, to I say? I think they only say Z in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they say Z, but like, if that's like the Japanese, like, is that how, like how they, they say our letter Z, or is that I don't know? See what I'm talking about? I'm already like. Yeah, Z is the American English for Z. Okay. Bird, bird just became Deskadora guy. <laughs> well, I, I think Ultraman Z sounds better than Ultraman Z, but maybe, I don't know. You're overthinking it, bro. It's Z. I will. Like, it's, okay. It's just like Massinger Z or Dragon Ball Z. I do not understand, um, but okay. I, I just got triggered right now, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Z. Um. I'm definitely going to have some questions, but this is the 2020 Ultraman series, which uh, they streamed internationally to YouTube, and they had each episode up for two weeks, Um, and uh, I am very new to the... What do they call it? The new gen Ultraman. I like. I've given certain show. I've given several shows a like an episode or two. Uh, this is the first one I've watched all the way through. So, um, I just keep in mind I am new to the this world of a modern Ultraman, and um, uh, so th- with this one, um. Uh, we, uh, Kiyotaka Taguchi is back as the main showrunner, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. After what? X and Orb? A couple years. Yeah. Yeah, so about, what, three, four years or so? I think he's done effects work on, like, all of them, but this is, like, he's, like, got a yeah creative behind-the-scenes role. Um, and, uh, so... I I guess I I can try my best. Um, oh God, what's this guy's name? I hate him. Haruki uh, is uh, he's a pilot um, for Storage, which is like I guess they ha- they make robots to fight monsters, um, and he does the thing where he risks his life, and then an Ultra is like, hey, let's fuse because you're brave or whatever. Um, you know what? Someone else pick up from this, because I, I, I'm already forgetting everything about this show. All right. So uh, <laughs> the show, yeah, it's about this version of Earth, and uh, every before we get into the nightmare that is Ultraman continuity, like there's a multiverse, so the characters are able to you know zip back and forth. And on this version of Earth, uh, like all the other shows, there are kaiju that show up, and there is an attack team that defends the world with giant robots that's called Storage. Um, Haruki, one of their pilots, he dies in the opening episode, and Ultraman Zet, who is chasing this this kaiju to Earth because it stole 
this year's Bandai toy line has arrived on the planet, and he fuses with Haruki, and then they uh, they team up and they fight monsters, and you know just engage in your your typical Ultraman sort of shenanigans and Bandai shilling. Um, can someone ex- can you explain the Devil Splinter idea? Because like. So it's it's the remnants of Ultraman, Belial, Belial, however you say that. Yeah, um, it's they're the remnants of Ultraman Belial, and I I re- remember uh, when this show was like, you know, news came out about it. I was like, oh, this is going to be Aaron MacGuffin. This is going to deal with the final boss, and spoiler alert, it doesn't. Um, but basically, these are these are remnants, like the like genetic remnants of Ultraman Belial that are floating out in like the multiverse. And if they infect kaiju, they go crazy and they start rampaging. So they just basically give kaiju an excuse to do what kaiju have been doing for you know the dawn of time. Uh, it's it's something I wouldn't worry about too much when watching the show because it's strapped pretty early on, except for giving Zet a a certain uh, toy <laughs> near the like the midpoint of the show, but it's there. Um, so we have, uh, a a group of very obnoxious characters that immediately, within five minutes of being introduced to them, I hated them all. Uh. Bird is in rare form tonight, and from from that point forward, I knew (laughs) that this was going to be a long 25 plus weeks or whatever, um, because I like I I've always wanted to like watch one of these shows like as it was coming out, and I tried with Jeed, but it just like it wasn't my thing, and I was like, you know, it got to the point where I was like behind like six or seven episodes, and I was like, I just don't have the motivation to be doing this. And then when this one came out, um, I knew Matt was watching it every week with his son, and I was like, okay, you know, I'll give this one a shot, and then like we can review it for the podcast. And so every week I would watch it. And after a few weeks, I was just like, okay, this is going to be rough, but like, I can't back out. Like I'm in, but I will say right now, I'm not going to do this again. (laughs) 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 So next time I'll wait for the show to air. And if I hear like unanimously great things about it, then I'll check it out. Like Ultraman X. I didn't watch when it was on. I still haven't seen it, but like everyone I know, everybody tells me Ultraman X is great. You got to check out Ultraman X. So I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. But like, even, even the people I know that like this show a lot, like, even they would tell me like, yeah, it's not one of the best. So I, I this was a it was a failed experiment, um, and and I apologize if I sound grouchy, and I apologize if I'm gonna have a really hard time remembering a lot of things, because <laughs> like as soon as every episode was over, it almost like immediately left my brain. <laughs> so. Um, bear with me again. This is why we have Connor and Kevin because I'm sure they can at least like navigate the 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 actual uh, storyline better than me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so Haruki. I mean, I'm just gonna I guess let my initial rants. I'm just gonna get them off my chest and then I will just let you guys run with it. Um, so Haruki. 
basically most of the cast like i i really don't like this style i guess of acting that it i see it a lot in a lot of newer japanese stuff where everyone's like super animated and super like they're always yelling or 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 like mugging at the camera making crazy like like over the top faces Goofy catchphrases too. Yeah, That's like they're mean. almost it's all like they they act like anime characters more than people, and so the second this guy who's about as boring as you know oatmeal, uh, Haruki, everything he he's he's constantly screaming, he's constantly making crazy faces. Um, I was like, I can't handle this performance. This is just horrible. And then, like, uh, <clears throat> we have Yoko and Yuka. Um, they have very similar names, and s- they're both irritating, so I get them mixed up. One of them uh, has, like, this weird fetish for older men. And uh, the the guy that's, like, in charge of all the robot programs, he's uh, played by the guy from Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, who's old now. So that was, like... Uh, that like that was like a existential like oh wow time definitely happens kind of moment realizing that um uh and she's always like like talking about how hot he is and stuff and then le- the that's like her only real personality trait but it's it's dropped halfway through the show which like i'm glad they dropped it but there's nothing else to her <laughs> um <laughs> And then the other one um, is, like, the... I guess this is kind of, like, a, a, a modern kind of stereotype is, like, the the monster fanboy guy, like, you know, Charlie Day in Pacific Rim. So, like, she's always got, like, an iPad, like, reading about whatever monster shows up, and she's always, like, yelling about, like, how excited she is. And, again, it's just super, like mug for the camera and shout everything kind of acting that just is like poison to me um how, how do you get through ultraman max yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question i like ultraman max it's been a while since i've watched any of it but that was like that was one of the shows that like got me like i guess interested in more interested in ultraman I don't know, maybe I'll watch it again and be like, I hate all of these people. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we, we shall see. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've been eager to revisit it, but, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I've been holding off just because, you know, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray set anyway. Like, I'd rather just watch it when it comes out. But um, uh, <clears throat> anyway, those that's like, I guess those are the characters we spend the most time with. Then we have um, uh, the captain, who is secretly Jugless Juggler, juggalo whatever um and uh i guess i don't know he's that's like a whole separate thing so i'm just gonna put a pin in that right now um so yeah the characters really bothered me and um the the tokusatsu effects for the most part were were fantastic i mean it was the kind of thing that you watch and it's like oh wow like give these people like three times as much money to make like a kaiju movie and it would probably be amazing but Again, you know, we can't have that. Um, yeah, and I guess my my takeaways is like a newcomer to the newer shows is just um, 
this is and like it's not like I have to be I shouldn't have to be super familiar with whatever came before and I still found a lot of it to just feel like <laughs> I don't know gibberish um but uh uh I will say, I guess I was, I, I understand why and it's money, but I, I think I was a little thrown off at just how many, or I guess how few original monsters were in it. Like it was all like guys I'd seen before. Like, um, and I, you know, I'm sure it's like, okay, they don't have a lot of money. Like they just want to reuse those suits over and over and I'm sure they're well-maintained, but I don't know. I thought that was kind of disappointing. I'm, I'm interested to see like Kevin and Connor, like, there's people that watch these shows like year after year when a new one comes out like do you guys get tired of of seeing you know oh it's uh you know it's red king again it's it's uh you know uh uh pegula or or whatever again like the do you ever just wish like hey can we just get all new monsters or something well you know as someone who has is you know running a site that is cataloging every Ultraman kaiju in existence. Um, I, th- I think you can probably guess my opinion on uh, on the the reuse of kaiju in this show. I I would really like. I was really disappointed by the uh, the lack of new monsters in this show because we have we have like what not counting the main villain like I think three three new kaiju four if we want to count the new King Joe. Um, so there's not, there's not a whole lot there. And like, usually the new, the new gen shows, they usually bring us like five to seven new kaiju per show, which, you know, isn't a whole lot, but that's, you know, that's like five to seven new guys to like get excited for. So this is, so, cause that was actually going to be a follow-up question is like, then this, I guess, wave of shows started at what, is it Ginga? Is that the first one? Yeah, Ginga so, was the the first one. So from Ginga onwards, like the shows from G- before between Ginga and this, like you, you're saying there were more original monsters than what this gave us. Well, it's it sort of depends on the on the season because the first season of Ginga had no uh, outside of the main villain, no original monsters, mm-hmm. and then season two gave us two two new kaiju. And then starting with X, we get like five, uh, five or six per season. Sometimes seven if we were like really lucky. Um, with like the exception of like, I guess maybe Geed because Geed, um, you know, they had a fusion kaiju. So I don't know whether you want to count that as like new kaiju or count those as just you know old kaiju just with a new um, new mashup sort of thing. But like, and then there was Rube, which only gave us about. Like what? I think th- like three new kaiju, and like one of those kaiju had like three forms in total. But uh, like you know, Taiga gave us like seven, and then we're we're now here with Z, and we only got like like three, four if you count the new King Joe. And I, I have to say, you know, while there was a lot of monster choices that they brought back for you know return appearances that I thought were you know, clever and fun. I really wish we got some more new guys. Like, I love seeing new kaiju. I like, you know, going into an episode going, I have no idea what to expect from this new character. Like, I'm excited. So it was it was disappointing not to see, you know, any more of that outside of those new three guys. Okay. Kevin, is that about where you are on there? 
on that? Yeah, it's it's something that I mean, to an extent, you can treat this like Seven Gar as a completely new character compared to his appearance in Ultraman Leo, right? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, still kind of reusing the same design. Um, so like, there's there's pluses and minuses. It's it's nice to see characters that we haven't seen in a while brought back if they do it in a clever way. But yeah, it is kind of a lot of time they they throw Red King at you because like they got that suit in the back or something. Right. Yeah. Um, Speak. There was an interview with uh, Taguchi, and I guess he said the first. Uh, the first monster with Ginnagar or whatever, Ginnagar. Yeah, Ginnagar. Yeah, was was actually made by modifying the um, Magatano Orochi suit, but the the piece I found interesting was actually because, the, the reason they did it that way was because a large portion of the show's budget was blown on uh, making a, a Savingar suit. Yeah. Like, that's the that's the other thing to keep in mind, too, is, like, when they, when they bring... Um, uh, an old character back who's been gone for decades. That's like money that, you know, it's it's sort of like a toss-up. Do we bring back, you know, a fan favorite who hasn't had, you know, any real time to shine for a long time? Or do we bring back a whole new uh, character that we, we haven't worked with before? Um, and, like, and sometimes, like, you know, sometimes I think it works one way. Sometimes I think it works the other way. Um, I do think bringing back Seven Gar was great. I think it was an excellent choice. And uh, so, you know, I'm at, I'm at least glad we got him in terms of the, the returning kaiju, which I'll I'll get to in a little bit because he was he was for sure, you know, one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, I guess uh, I guess the sort of through line story wise is there's an alien parasite that possesses a guy, <laughs> and. Oh, yeah. He's trying to collect all the monster medals. Is that what he's doing? Well, uh, this guy Celebro, um, he's yeah, he is a space parasite, and his his master plan, which I think is really interesting, um, rather than you know, oh, I'm out to, to conquer the universe or you know, become Ultraman or something like that. He's just doing that because he's just he just wants to fuck around, like. He's just doing this as a lark, which I think is kind of a fun, you know, motive for a villain. It's not super complex or deep, but, you know, after so many villains like, I guess, like Juggler or Kay or Tragier or, or Saki, you know, these these heavier characters, it's kind of fun to have a character that's just, he's just here to blow shit up. It's, it's a shame that we didn't get more of him you know it's because we've had all these really flamboyant villains for several years and in his case like he barely has screen time i think there's like a good stretch of episodes where like he's not even in them and then when he's on screen he doesn't have you know he his presence is muted compared to you know juggler who's running around so yeah like Mm -hmm. um for as much of like that's what like i guess the main storyline kind of is is like he's trying to collect the ultra medals which are part of the you know, our toy gimmick you know he puts these medals in his transformation device and then he he screams at the top of his lungs into the camera <laughs> <laughs> with it so in order to how to play it at home yeah in order to yeah. transform um and that's another thing that's jarring because, like, I'm 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 as a new 
person to alter like you know i'm i'm in the middle of ace right now and you know i watched return over the summer and so like i'm used to like oh i the guy's gonna turn into ultraman okay it takes five seconds if it, it just feels like it takes like <laughs> 10 minutes to transform like he's got to put in all these <laughs> coins and then he's got to yell and then it's got to do all this thing and he's got to combine different ultramen to make his whatever form and it's all insane but so he so yeah this uh celebro or cerebro, cerebro, I don't know. It's it's trying to collect those uh, coins and uh, I guess reverse engineer them to make like monster coins. And like you're right, like that's that that that's revealed fairly early. And then I feel like um, the guy, the lab worker or whatever that gets possessed, like we don't see him for like it'll like it'll it'll get back to him like every five episodes and it's like yeah like let's what's going on with that like at a certain part at a certain point i legitimately thought we might not see him again in the show like it just forgot about it um now <clears throat> excuse me uh so yeah I, I, some of this stuff is like like i said newer to me like the concept of these coins and uh i guess these different forms and uh and and things like that like i guess combinations um now one thing i need to know about jugless juggler now I was led to believe I could just watch this and and not not feel like I was missing anything, but can anyone here explain to me what his point is in this show? What's his motivation? Why is he doing anything? Uh, and like at the end, he's just like, oh yeah, like. My job here is done. I'm gonna go to another universe now. So to like... answer your, your question, uh, the the short answer is no. <laughs> but uh, the, the long long answer is that he, you know, he's this character from Ultraman Orb. He wanted to be an Ultraman at one point and had sort of competed alongside with the guy who became Ultraman Orb, and then they had a little bit of a of a camaraderie, and then it turned into a rivalry, and then he became sort of a villain in Ultraman Orb, and then they were kind of they made amends and were kind of had a tenuous alliance for for a while, and and now he's in this new universe, and he's he's doing that ambiguous thing where we don't know what his true endgame is, and we never really find out what his true endgame. Yeah, well, yeah, is that, like the, the whole time, like I was like, oh, so this is because like. I've been I, like I know who the character is just because like I talk to you guys, I see posts on Facebook about Ultraman, and like so I know it's like this villain from another series. And so when that was revealed, I was like, oh okay, like I wonder what he's doing. And then like he switches back and forth. Like it's, towards the end of the season, he starts being a jerk and like fighting Ultraman for some reason. I don't even know why. Uh, and then like at the end, like uh, he's just like. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm good. I'm done, and then he just leaves, and it's like, wait, I didn't find out anything about, about this guy or what he's doing, and like the rest of the cast finds out, and I think the last episode or the second to last episode that he's an alien, 
And I was like, oh, well, this will be interesting. Like, how are they going to handle that? Like, what what are they going to think of that? And everyone's just like, oh, okay. And I'm just like, what is, why is this character in this show? <laughs> and and it, it reminded me of like, if, if anyone remembers, uh, there was that Simpsons episode that had Leonard Nimoy and he's in like one scene and then at the very end of the episode he goes uh well looks like my work here is done and they're like what work you didn't do anything like that i felt like that that was that this character in this show the the wild thing is if you look at how the show was being hyped up ahead of time they were making a big deal about uh ultraman jeed coming back and then he's in like two episodes and they didn't say anything about Juggler being in it. And, you know, I guess it's it's a, it's supposed to be we're surprised by, you know, Hebekura winding up being Juggler. But when they do the reveal, it's kind of like shrugged off. Like, they, they didn't really build up to they, it or anything. You know, it doesn't help that they did this reveal in episode three, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty early so, on. Like, you know, they... It's such so, a weird, um, like... I, I have a little bit of a theory on why he was cast. Um, and this actually, I think it kind of reflects towards um, an, an earlier Ultraman show, Ultraman Leo, where Koji Moritsugu was cast in the role of the captain of Mac, the, the monster fighting team for that season. And when he got hired, he told Tsuburaya, hey, you know, I, I'm Dan Moroboshi. I'm Ultra 7. You know, if, if fans are watching the show and see me, they're going to think I'm Ultra 7. So, you know, they turned his this new character into Dan Moroboshi. Um, so I'm thinking, like, maybe something similar happened here or something like that. Because uh, that would explain kind of, like, kind of the weirdness of his character. That or, you know, there was something planned with him and that was kind of lost when the, uh, when the pandemic and the head writer died. Well, I, I definitely think there's some sort of, like, Leo-ish thing in mind because they make a big deal about how, oh, this is... This is the student of Ultraman Zero, who was the student of Ultraman Leo, right? So, yeah. Uh, and I wish that they had done sort of a, you know, if we'd seen Haruki being like trying to train while uh, Juggler is trying to run him over or something, that would be fantastic. That'd be a great episode. From what I've seen of Leo, though, like it, it at least feels like they worked that character being Ultra 7, like, they worked that into the actual, like, story and the dynamic of, you know, of, you know, who he is, rather than just being like, well, we, you know, he's Dan for no reason. <laughs> yeah, that's established in, like, the first episode of Leo. Because, like, I don't know, this guy being an alien creature who is also, like, a villain, like, you'd think that would be a bigger deal. Um, <laughs> like... You can you can um, headcanon a story together of like oh he found an alternate Earth where he could join a defense team because he knew that if he joined a defense team eventually an Ultraman would show up there. Uh, yeah. but like it's kind of not explicit within the show itself. So that, I, that was my sort of headcanon. Although I I had the theory that he joined a defense he joined this defense team and went to this Earth not because he was looking for an Ultraman but. Because he wanted to get away from the insanity of the Ultras that he just decided, all right, I can just set up shop and just live my life here. And then Z shows up. So I have a question just because, like, we did mention that this, I mean, the, that character isn't the only, like, weird thing writing-wise. Like, in the last, like, 
three to five episodes, like, um, I don't know. I mean, spoiler review, whatever. <laughs> um, but in the last three to five episodes, it's like the the guy that uh, like the their head boss is uh, a host for for Celebro and um, like he's he's trying to like you know basically create these weapons to like you know just cause mass destruction and death and whatever and so like it it, it is one of those things where it's like oh the show's actually like being interesting and then like i look at oh there's only like three episodes left (laughs) whatever um (laughs) so it is just a in in like the the his reveal of being who he is towards the team is also at the very end they decide at some they decide in the last like three episodes to like give uh give uh god what's this haruki the to to like kind of have a budding romance between him and one of the the female protagonists and so like things started to get interesting like immediately before the show ended um and so i mean we we brought up um the writer um kota fukuhara he, he died on may 17th of a of 2020 uh, due to a brain hemorrhage um now uh this first episode um is june uh, uh 20th like do you, was he still writing this do you guys know i don't know if anyone knows but did, did, was he uh, still writing this when he died or was this something where like they were they they were trying to finish his work in the middle of production like it, it is does anyone know exactly what the process was with with the from, writing well from from what right. i've heard Go ahead. heard it's it was uh he and taguchi planned out the entire series like the main beat by beat by beat and then he died so it, it, i i think the general skeleton of the plot still existed but I feel like maybe some of the stuff that seems weird was caused by it because maybe they only had like those, you know, the skeleton and not like the, the fine details. And then uh, of course you have the whole pandemic shaking things up too. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my personal theory about what happened. Yeah. So, I mean, this one was, um, I'd, I'd heard that they kind of were working backwards a lot of the time because they kind of had, okay, well, we know that we want to do this sequence, but we don't really know how to get there. So they might have done um, sort of an overview very haphazardly. And, um, I mean, this was a, a production that went... It started much earlier than um, than Ultraman usually does because they, 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 they didn't know that the um, pandemic was coming, but they knew that the Olympics were coming. So they were kind of trying to get stuff... Uh, done ahead of that um but uh yeah i mean still still having having the pandemic hit and having your your head writer die it's got to shake things up in in any production yeah because i mean i don't know i'd I'd like to give it at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt at least as far as like story structure goes but i don't know maybe i uh, 
I, like, I would hate to think that they sat down and hashed out this story, and they were like, oh, and it's going to get, like, pretty good for the last three episodes. Like, <laughs> you know... Um, well, there were there were there were arcs, you know, the whole thing where he like has a has a breakdown about like his father was killed by a kaiju, and then he killed a kaiju that was defending its child, and he feels real bad about it, and right. stuff like that. Like that's that's all like solid, but you know, it's just kind of how do you get from there to the story that comes after it, where it gets a little wibbly wobbly. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there's a couple episodes where I was like, oh, wow, like, this is actually, like, that. that's the Red King episode. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, is that the same episode where, like, he, like, I don't know, he does, he, like, he, for whatever, I don't even remember how, but, like, King Joe, like, gets, like, heavily damaged and What's-Her-Face gets knocked out or something? Was that all the same episode? Like, he refused to kill the monster... And then, like, no, I recall. I recall King Joe like wiping the floor with Red King. Okay, okay, maybe that's two different episodes. But like those, that's kind of like how those episodes ended. And so the Red King one I liked. That might be the best episode, honestly. Um, and then I liked. Uh, I don't even remember what episode that is with the King Joe stuff. But I was like, oh, there's actually going to be like some kind of consequences. But yeah, with both of them, they're like. You know, his guilt over the Red King thing, like, I don't know, he just, like, the next episode they show him, like, thinking about it or something, and then, <laughs> and then like, he, he's he's okay killing monsters again, and then, like, uh, with the other one, like, the girl, like, she's okay, Red King, or not Red King, King Joe gets repaired, and it's like, you know, I, I was hoping, like, they were, like, gonna establish some kind of more i guess more conflict or more more moral conflict or whatever and then like it just kind of never happened i don't know if that's how anyone else feels but yeah i mean this this is the lightest on story of i think maybe anything in the in the new generation uh you really just watch the show for for a lot of the special effects mm-hmm. so yeah i mean the, yeah. the the nugent stuff has always had an overarching story in the background this one has bits of it and and i do think it's you know they pause production for two months and that's and obviously we talked about the head writer situation so i'm sure that's a big part of it but like just a lack of any substance and any real development for for the characters and like I, there are some fun episodes. I really liked the opening episode, the Red King one, and then the last couple I thought were were pretty decent. But by then it was kind of yeah. By the time it starts to get interesting, it's like oh, it's too little, too late. Like yeah, this is interesting, but I know there's like two episodes left, and so I don't really care. <laughs> like <laughs> we did get a sentient uh, talking Bandai toy, Baliarock. Or whatever it's called, Billy Rock. I, th- I think there that's how it's pronounced. Who I, I that's like another thing where like I don't really understand its motivations. Like he, he's like, okay, I'll help you, but like not if he's I just don't, along for the ride. Not know? if I don't feel like it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, he's he's along for the ride. He just wants to murder things, but he's you know he's he's not you know sorry about the dog. He's not worried about uh you know the the moral implications. He just wants to cut down cool guys <laughs> dude i am I, like i'm on the ultra man z like episode guide page on the wiki and i swear to god like 
I do not remember like <laughs> so, so many of these. <laughs> I mean, you, you remember like the one that's the uh, challenge from the year 2020 tribute, right? Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's sort a of a pseudo sequel to the the Ultra Q episode. That was yeah. fun. Um, I I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember the events of that episode super well. <laughs> I just remember after it ended, I was like, "Oh, well, that one wasn't horrible to get through." Um, but like, like, like Pagos, I do not remember. I don't remember Pagos <laughs> being in. He he got zapped by Kemir and disappeared. What? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> like in the opening part Kim of the Kemper episode, was, you know, he steps the, he steps in the goo and he gets set. Oh, oh, what's the um there's like a new recurring alien villain alien Barbara Barbara Barbara? Barbara, yeah. I, I I hated him. <laughs> I, thought he was, I mean, I, I'm sure they I'm sure they did that for budgetary reasons, but he's like Yeah. The shtick is he appears, then he dies, then his brother comes, and he dies, and his brother comes. I think he's in there three times. I don't like I said. Yeah. I, I don't remember the episode super well. I remember the first Barossa episode. I remember it being more of like a, a comedy episode, and actually thinking it was pretty fun. And then like every time he came back, I was like, oh, I, I like the one episode. Like I, I was enough for me. And then like he kept coming back, and I was like, this guy again. <laughs> Oh my lord! It, like, for, like again for me, like I was, I like the first episode he's in. I think the first episode he's in kind of feels like a fun mix of like kind of the Ultra Seven and Ultraman Dina sort of vibe, which I always dig. And um, and then each time he came back, it was just diminishing returns. And it's like by the time we got to part three, it's like, you know, he's returning, you know, almost as often as the, in this show as like you know. Zetan does like yearly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, because yeah, um, so uh, here's a question because I'm newer to this this I guess uh, modern generation of shows, but I'm working my way through the the old shows like as the the Mill Creek Blu-rays are coming out. And one thing that I, I like about, you know, Ultraman, Ultra 7, Return of Ultraman, like, yeah, they're dumb, silly, like, shows for little kids, but every, but there, there's always, like, a handful of episodes that are, like, have, like, some kind of subtext to it, or sub, some kind of substance to it, where something is, like, they are trying to s- say something, whether it's about weapons of mass destruction or disenfranchising minorities or whatever there's always something there and this is the first Ultraman series i've watched where there really wasn't any of that is that something that just kind of goes away in this in this franchise as as you know i guess more toy companies and stuff get involved and is like is that in any is there do you get any real like kind of social commentary in any of the other new gen shows because i there was like nothing in this that uh not a whole ton it's it's more about like character dynamics now that it's all serialized you know uh, at half length we do get a whole lot of good stuff in taiga though because taiga is all about you know different cultures and backgrounds like coexisting and such so you know you 
so you have a show there that you know kind of explores that issue um but yeah it you don't really get a whole ton of that you know you get some environmentalist themes sometimes you get some themes about like trust and such but but no, nothing super heavy like you know maybe nukes are bad or right. anything like that <laughs> or maybe we shouldn't be racist outside of like i don't know taiga um i will say this the show definitely seems to have a problem with female characters, which I guess, I mean, isn't uncommon in Ultraman, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I guess it is it is a little disheartening seeing that, like, I'm in the middle of Ace right now, and now I'm watching a show from 2020, and, like, there's still, like, the female characters still don't have too much to do um the the one until midway through the season is like like guy crazy and uh there's that one episode where like she's like like kind of like dancing with Ultraman Z and <laughs> and uh and like there's the one episode where like she messes up a whole mission cuz like she's so googly eyed she's like oh my god this guy is so hot and like <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I just remember watching that and being like, "Jesus Christ, show! <laughs> like, what, what, why are you? What is wrong with you?" Yeah, it's well. I mean, th- th- that's also the character that's like supposed to be like the toughest fighter and like the hardest, hardest hitter in the whole like organization. Which is, I mean, maybe it's supposed to be like the comedy comes from that juxtaposition of like, oh, she's like this tough, badass chick that goes like weak in the knees for old dudes or something. <laughs> I, it is interesting though, like being, I guess, more of a casual fan, like you guys are hardcore. Like, so like it is interesting looking at like, cause like, I, I, and maybe I'm thinking about, about this cause like I'm watching Ace right now and they, they have like the the male and the female host, and yes, I know that she gets written off the show because of horrible reasons. Um, but it is interesting to me, like you know, you you think at this point there would have been like a female led Ultraman show, or or even even a return to like the dual host idea. Um, because, like, there's a really, especially with that, like, there's, the whole time I'm watching Ace, I'm like, this is a really cool idea, and they're not really doing much with it, like, they can join no matter where they are, so, like, you know, there's no drama to, like, if they're both on, like, different sides of the country or something, and, like, I'm I'm just thinking, like, there's, like, I I just think that at this point, there, and maybe there have been, like I, I said, I mean, you guys can correct me, but, like, as far as the the general concept of an ultra show, I feel like there's so much room to play with that they really aren't, it's almost like the Godzilla series where, like, they, they've kind of just settled into, like, a format, and, like, they they haven't really wanted to break away from that, you know? Am I making any sense? Yeah, yeah, I think you are. Um, like the re- like going back to Ace, like the reason why they they one of the reasons why they dropped the the dual host sort of thing was just the complications of writing. You know, how do we get them to you know fuse together in this in this episode? And you know, so by the time they heard, oh, the the little kids don't like this either, they were just like, okay, well, this will make our job a little bit easier now. Um, but it's. I do think it's a shame that they haven't done a dual host sort of thing again, because there's a lot of there's a lot of again sort of fun dynamics you can do with that. Yeah. And, uh, 
Or like, what if the host wasn't like part of a monster fighting organization? What if the host was like some guy, like like Spider Man? Like Spider Man is just a regular dude who becomes Spider Man. It's it's funny you say that because like most of the new gen shows, yeah, most of the new gen shows have the the hook of oh he's not part of the monster fighting organization. Like Orb's got it. Does he Uh, end up joining them or or does he Uh, remain separate from them? They they really don't separate. They don't don't really do much with with. Okay, this is the first one since X really to have. Uh, yeah, a prominent monster, monster fighting, fighting organization in like okay. the, the forefront. Okay, okay so yeah. that's almost a little bit more of a return to form than from mm-hmm. from what we've been getting. Interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, I just like because I, I, I was also thinking like, oh, with the Godzilla movies like, I miss when like the main character could just be like a guy that likes boats. <laughs> you know, and now it's you know it's always a military guy or a scientist or like you know I, I miss like the sense of you know different I guess different people being at the center of these stories and like um, okay so no I mean that 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 definitely you know if I get around to checking out some of the other shows that's definitely like something that will at least kind of hook me. Um, um, so uh, you are right that there haven't been a whole lot of, uh, of of female hero characters. They tend to be very tertiary. You think? Yeah, you think yeah. someone would have done it by now? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I mean I I I don't know if Japan is still <laughs> not ready or whatever. But you know, you think you know? I mean, they do have characters like Cutie Honey. Like they do have female heroines over there you know i i i do know it's very um, segregated so you'll, you'll have your your sailor yeah. moon and your pretty curious and stuff like that which have you know no male heroes and those are for the those are for the girls and the men over 30 but yeah. uh <laughs> yeah well i mean i mean re- like in in the, in the broader scope of things like it's sad but i mean even here like we just now got like normal female-led superhero movies, like within the last what five years or so. So, like even uh, like even here, we're still like way way behind as far as that goes. So, um, and yes, I know there was like Catwoman and Elektra. I said like I mean like I'm normal. talking like Wonder Woman, <laughs> Captain Marvel, like ones that make money and people seem to like. Um. um. On the on the subject of female ultra heroes, um, it, like Super Aya seems to have wanted to do that at least in the recent past. Um, for one, uh, Ultraman Nexus at one point during the design process was actually going to be a female character, and in addition to there were plans in the at the, the tail end of the show, but that unfortunately got cut to have one of the female leads become the host for Nexus and have her whole. Uh, arc devoted to her and there was also two other shows um, that were proposed I don't have a lot of info on them but I have the concept art called Ultra Fighters and Ultra Minds which featured a lot of female characters uh, female ultras in them so like it's it's been on Tsuburaya's mind but I, I can imagine like the TV studios and like Bandai are probably like hey uh, this isn't going to sell but right. you know give us give us a, a a man's an ultra man's man. 
or have then, two ultra it, it, or have two ultra here i don't know how that would work but i'm just like spitballing but like, have a male and a female you know i don't know yeah so yeah. the light novels they've been doing stuff like that and those are like winning awards but uh getting getting them from that into a, a broader context that is the rub yeah all right so getting back to ultraman zet um Uh, this is weird, like, because uh, these are mostly monsters we've seen before, but I guess, uh, you know, we'll, we'll bring up the, does anyone have any favorite monsters, or I guess in this case, usage of monsters, uh, with this series? Well, um, I, I think I have to say it right out the gate. I love Sevengar returning. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit different than how he was in Leo, but I'm fine with that. Um, I think it's a. I think it's really cool that he went from this sort of obs- I wouldn't say completely obscure, but fairly obscure character in Ultraman Leo, and now he's like he's literally the face of the show. Like I'm sorry Z, but you know it's it's kind of Seven Gar's show. Everyone was excited about him when he showed up. I always was saying Sevenger. That's how I, I say was, it too, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's Seven Gar. It well, looks then. like it should be Sevenger. Okay, so like, I like can read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it, it's it's written seven ga. Um Yeah. You know, I'm not a big fan of him. I'm more of a Wyndham guy. You are guy. a joyless bastard. <laughs> fucker. Of the highest degree. I, I, I do like, like I'm more like I said, I'm I'm more of a Wyndham fan if we're talking about uh I guess these big robots. I feel like we've seen Wyndham too much lately, though. Like, yeah. All right. Well, I I've only seen him in Ultra Seven, and when, uh, so like <laughs> he's still new to me. He shows up quite a bit, um, you know. So like, I mean, I, I like Wyndham too, but like Seven Gar is like a real treat because we haven't seen him in God knows. Like, um, how do you feel about the seventy four? What about the repurposing of King Joe? I dig it. I like that. Um, I dug it. I thought it was really cool that they built him up as an enemy mech, and then they rebuilt him as like this Sentai combiner sort of thing. That's really cool. Um, I think we might have more King Joe footage in this series alone than like the entire rest of Ultra Combine. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, some of these like I'm looking at the list of like monsters featured, and like some of these like. I mean, I know everyone loves Gomera, but, like, his episode was really kind of nothing to me. Like, it's the same as always, where, like, he's minding his own business and then gets murdered. Like, (laughs) I remember everyone on, everyone I knew who was into Ultra was, like, upset when Gomera died. And I was like, I really hope they they do something with this idea. And they they did when Haruki had to kill the the Papa Red King. So, um, I'm glad they did. It's just, I feel... Gomorrah always gets the short end of the stick if he's not, like, headlining a show. Yeah. Um, now, that's one that even I think has been, like, overused, so, like, whatever. I the, um, I, I did like the... I mentioned I, I liked the Red King episode. That's probably my favorite, I guess, I guess, reuse of a monster, because at least I always think of Red King as, like, one of the arch-villains who, you know, is just, like, this muscle-bound brute that just wants to like beat the yeah. shit out of everything and so to actually like yeah and, and so to actually see like okay here's one that is a mother and trying to protect her egg like i thought that was like a cool kind of inversion on that um 
pfft, let's see. Uh, the M1 episode I did not like. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was a comedy episode that just didn't do anything for me. Um, let's see. Oh, the, the, the Bolton episode I liked. Bolton? Bolton, Bolton. was good. Yeah, yeah, Bolton. Yeah, Bolton. Um, yeah, Bolton was cool to see again. Yeah, um, and, and, and I thought it was cool. I thought the way, yeah, I thought they, the way they incorporated, like, uh, they did kind of like the Groundhog Day trope uh, of like you know he's altering reality and you know they keep living the same thing over and over. I, I thought that they did that in a really fun way. Um, uh, I mean every everyone else just kind of oh uh, it was a filler episode because it was basically kind of a glorified recap episode. But I did like. The episode uh, where he meets Kanegan and like oh my god, I love that one. And like the whole the episode is basically about like he's Kanegan eats one of his medals and he's trying to get him to take a shit. and and that's just what the episode is about and like every time like one of the other storage guys comes into the room, he has to like hide him. Um, I don't. It's it's. Probably a bad thing that that's one of my favorite episodes of this series, but um, uh, but I mean I I always love Kanegan in whatever he's in, and this was no exception. Um, uh, it's nice seeing Gomez again, but he didn't do anything. Uh, yeah, uh, he's, he's had a couple big roles in the last few years, so I'm not I'm not like hard pressed that we didn't get yeah. a lot of Gomez. This I night. like the the Ultraman Ace crossover with Baraba. That was cool, though. Baraba coming back was great. The way that Gomez was framed, you know, being the size that he would have originally been in Ultra Q, and, you know, fighting this mech that's considerably larger was uh, was pretty great, though. That was, that was great. That was actually... That was clever. It's, like, uppercut into the building. That's that's a really neat scene. Um, yeah, the Ace, the Ace episode was okay. Um... It probably wasn't one of my favorites, but it wasn't one where I was like, oh my god, can this end? Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, honestly, other than like those few that I mentioned, like, I don't have much to say, <laughs> you know, about about anything else. I guess it was kind of cool when Jeed showed up, but like Kevin said earlier, like that kind of that crossover doesn't really go anywhere like at the end doesn't he say like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna like patrol around with jeed and like doesn't he say that at the end Nah, jeed just like fucks off oh well no i mean like at the end of the series doesn't he say like or am oh I... no uh oh no like he just goes off to explore space and shit and yeah that, that okay. double splinters um i gotta say i don't like a lot of these like combo monsters very yeah, much. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the fusion beasts. Yeah, I like, like I liked how they like brought back the 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 ones from Geed because the ones from Geed kind of have a specific origin, and I think it was cool to tie them into the into Geed's crossover in the series where Celebro like steals his DNA and it's like, oh, I can make these fusion beasts now because I've got uh, Belial's DNA. But I've always I've always felt like outside of like a scant few of these fusion monsters, they're usually not that interesting as their components. Cause it's just like, it, it's like Voltroning a bunch of Kaiju together going, look, this is my new character made out of, you know, you know, older characters. And it's like, all right. Yeah. All right. Speaking of which, 
the I'm I'm sick of Ultraman getting power ups yes. previous Ultraman. Yes, Matt hated so much. I've the only show I've seen that does that is this one, and even in this, I was like, okay, this is like, this is trite. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's this, this is this is introduced in Orb, and it's thematically relevant there, and then somebody just Geek decided that it. was going to be the thing from then on. Yeah, she does it, Rube. Um, kind of switches away from it, but then they introduce the brothers fusing uh, in the <laughs> halfway through the episode as their upgrade. It's not in Taiga, but uh, it's 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 back here and it's back with you know vengeance because now <laughs> it's three Ultraman. So you gotta you gotta buy three the, an extra toy if you want <laughs> if you want the, you know to to imitate Haruki. It's almost like a has a base form. It's like, almost it's almost gotten to like absurd parody levels of like <laughs> of crass it commercialism. Rem- <laughs> it reminds me of Dragon Ball Z power ups, honestly. Like that that's <laughs> what it's but like it's they just get exponentially more absurd as they go. I I think it's it's worse than Dragon Ball Z power ups, honestly. Oh no, it's worse. It's it's like that's just the, the closest thing I'm I'm trying to think of like putting into context yeah i think you know there's there's a a couple of stages that we went through you know we started with dragon ball z power-ups and then we went to saint Seiya power-ups and then we went to digimon power-ups and now we're you know through through the common rider lens and, and now we're here so <laughs> get got a little bit more toyetic each step of the way yeah it's it's unfortunate because it felt like Taiga was like the one thing I liked about Taiga was that instead of having uh, fusion forms or just even multiple forms like outside of the the upgrade and final form, uh, the roles were filled by two different ultra characters and like I'm not gonna argue that Taiga is a, a perfect show but like it felt like okay we're maybe going to be allowed to experiment if we have to keep doing this toy line like what what will we see after Taiga and I remember being really disappointed when it was just fusions again, but there's another one in the, in the mix. (laughs) You know, what's, uh, you know, what's, you know, what was cracking me up? Speaking of toys, like the transformation (laughs) device, which like you can, like, I, I get like, it's like, they literally use the toy as a prop. So it's like, he's, he's got this like cheap plastic thing attached to him all the time that just looks like a cheap toy. Um, but like in like the first episode or something, um, Z tells him like, he's like, well, what, what, what if people ask me like what this thing I have on me is? And he's like, don't worry, uh, other humans can't see it. And then like (laughs) literally the entire rest of the series, (laughs) other humans can see it. (laughs) Yeah, he drops it at some point, and somebody yeah. brings it back to him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are we sure that and person it, who brought it back wasn't an alien, though? Hmm. It looks I mean, like yeah. I find, uh, I guess, so, you know. It looks like a fanny pack, is what it looks like. It really, yeah, like it the, really does. The newer ultras have like fanny packs. It started with like Orb, where they they keep their like little fidget cubes and such for when they need to transform. Am I the only one that hates like the weapons always having like they start getting swords and crap like that? I I'm just not a huge yeah. Ever since Ultraman Ace introduced that shit, I was not a fan. I don't I don't mind it as a one off, <laughs> but then it's just like no, every... I'm no, I'm I'm yeah, I agree. Um, like I I'm not super big on the swords. Um, to me, 
you know, I, I think it's silly because like Ultra Seven displayed like to me the best or like even Ultraman Jack, the best kind of weapons an Ultra should have like a like a transforming bracelet thing or the Eye Slugger. And I think when you oh here's a big sword or here's a like the fucking Z Slugger Lance. I don't remember that showing up aside from the Piguila episode. Did that show up in anything else? I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, once once he gets Belly Rock, why would he use anything else? But. Exactly. <laughs> like it, with the transformation designs, um, we and me and Matt interviewed Taguchi at G Fest a few years ago, and what he, from what he was telling us, basically like. The Bandai guys will think up some creation, and they'll just be like, "Here, like, do like <laughs> figure, this. yeah, you. This is what you're using. Like, figure out a way to make it, like, figure out how to use it <laughs> in the show, basically. So, like, I can't imagine that being easy. I mean, I don't know if they, if you're him and they give you a bunch of coins and a cheap plastic thing." That looks like a fanny pack. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I, I wouldn't put any of that on him. What I what I think he probably brought to the table was the the defense team, and especially since Taguchi worked on um, Next Generation Pat Labor, that you know it's kind of this like heavy industries little group of, of ragtag. They're like mechanics, almost. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially yeah, with a, you know, gruff old mechanic dude and stuff like that is, is very popular also. Um, you know, and, and then all of the camera work. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, directors, um, there's a few a few names that, that kind of stand out with that. Um, you know, Taguchi, obviously, um does a, a good amount of the episodes but uh you also have like um uh Kuichi Sakamoto who like yeah, this who's directed he's he, is he the only Japanese director to do both Super Sentai and Power Rangers I, is I, the well, I think yeah I know they brought the guy who did uh Gower Ranger on to direct episodes of that Power Rangers adaptation, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't seen Guy Ranger and I haven't seen Wild Force, so uh, I, I literally can't say. I'll, I'll defer to Kevin on that one. I mean, I tend to not watch anything Power Rangers, so even if it, what if it's directed by like a real guy though? Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want to answer the question. See, I Ma- mean, <laughs> made him uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's a it's his <laughs> issue. Um, we can talk about uh, Takanori Tsujimoto. Yes, who is that? <laughs> so uh, he directed uh, this uh, this movie, uh, Hard Revenge Millie, which is just a great like violent exploitation thing. Um, also directed uh, Resident Evil Vendetta and also some of the Pat Labor stuff. So, you know, it's a good choice, but he's, he's done some, um, he's done some other Ultraman stuff, I think. Yeah. I see. Uh, he's done X, some X, some, uh, Rube, some Taiga. Um, and then, um, we have, uh, Kazuhiro Nakagawa, 
who did the the really good short film Day of the Kaiju, which I always again don't um don't come and and beat me up. Uh that's like what that that's like in my opinion a, a better version of Shin Godzilla in a way. Um but uh from what I see he's um He's also he was an assistant director on Shin Godzilla in the Attack on Titan movies. Um, I think he did a drama short at one point. Um, um, uh, I didn't realize he directed the Godzilla vs. Evangelion short. Um, and then uh, uh, also like um, like some of the little shorts that they do at the Je- the Godzilla Fest in Japan. He's done. Um, but I was actually stoked to see him you know, stepping up and getting a chance to direct, um, in this show, you know, like I said, I mean, he's a creative guy. He's, he's, uh, one of the guys, me and Matt have had a chance to sit down and, and interview and talk to and, you know, super cool guy. So, you know, I was happy for him to, to see him get this opportunity. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think he did the first Barossa episode. Um, and, uh, which is one of the ones that I did kind of like, so, you know, props. <laughs> and then I don't know who any of the other directors are um, that I see. I see uh, Katsuro Onoue, Masayoshi Takesu, uh, Tamanobu Koshi, Naoyuki Uchida. I don't know. Would it be ignorant of me to just assume those are like Subaraya in-house guys that <laughs> just do lots of this stuff? Yeah, like uh, Takesue's got a Wikipedia page at least, but like looks like mostly directing uh, Ultraman stuff. Was the main director on Ultraman Rube and did like a bunch of like assistant directing on other stuff. Yeah, I see I see a lot of effects credits like uh Attack on Titan, um uh Giant God Warrior, um Sakuya Slayer of Demons, so yeah, I think it, a lot of it is guys like that. Um anyone else have any anyone else have any favorite episodes they want to talk about? Well, it's a very I was, unremarkable I like the show. I know. <laughs> Which one? Um, Piguila, the Piguila episode was fun, um, especially since because I love Piguila to death. That's one of my favorite kaiju, and we haven't really seen Piguila in much since Ultra Q. Like we have a couple cameos. Like the most he's gotten um, since his second Ultra Q episode has probably been um, his appearance in Ultra Galaxy Fight One about two years ago now. So it was fun to see him again. Um, I also was a big fan of the, uh, the the episode where Gamma Future debuted. I thought that was like a fun sort of adventure, and I liked I liked I liked the Gamma Future form. It's you know you don't really see a lot of outside of like the orb, uh, Specium's Zeperian fusion with Ultraman and Tiga. You don't see a whole lot. TDG representation in the new gen era. So it was it was cool to see that, and there's a lot of cool special effects set pieces there. But I mean, aside from that, um, I was a big I like the finale quite a lot too. There's a lot of interesting stuff there. It was kind of a, a redux of the Ultraman Dyna finale, which kind of tackled some similar story elements and themes and messages, but I thought it, you know, was original enough for this show too. And 
All right, Kevin, Matt, anything? Honestly, that... Bert, I think you, <laughs> you you took all the I think the main ones that I enjoyed the um, the Red King episode. I thought was probably I think the best of the bunch. I I, I like the first episode a lot, and then you know the the final handful of episodes were actually they were pretty decent. I think I think the show. I mean, the big miss to me is is going to be. Um, Juggler's juggler and and just the character work because like that arc goes nowhere and there's a lot of fun ideas like having the the robots you know Wyndham and Savingar and and, and King Jill like those are really cool ideas and concepts and there's some fun moments but like overall the show is just really unremarkable props to Taguchi and, and for all the special effects work because that stuff is is a lot of fun but overall like I, I struggled with the show in fact me and Landon like we kind of took breaks. And so I had to go to, to like third party sketch websites to find uh, the, the weeks that we missed and, and like catch up. But it's it's not a show that I think is easier for like a casual fan to get into because there's like there's just not a whole lot there. Yeah, that's totally me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a shame that this is the one that got the the sort of YouTube mm-hmm. simulcast treatment um, when. I think Rube and um, Tyga, especially, I think. Yeah. You know, much stronger narratives. uh, And, and they basically bypassed streaming entirely. Like, I guess Rube is probably going to wind up on something because of Mill Creek's involvement now, but um, Tyga is still kind of in limbo. Yeah, well, Rube, they they put out Rube, yet, right? So. They already put that one out. But. Yeah, yeah. on Blu-ray, yeah. But Tyga, I, I think I don't think they officially yeah. have the license for Tyga yet. I mean, I'm sure they will. I don't see why they wouldn't. But yeah, yeah. Tyga and Z aren't licensed yet. Like, I don't think the licenses are available yet. But I've heard. I, I recall. I think Keith said that they would be licensed when they're available. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, those are going to be out eventually. Um, yeah, this isn't one that, I mean, uh, so, so, so far the only series I've seen in their entirety are Ultra Q, Ultraman, Ultra 7, Return of Ultraman, and Neo Ultra Q, and this. So, I mean, with that, that's, all, yeah, so, uh, I mean, uh, comparative, like, I've seen episodes and, you know, bits and pieces of other shows, like, I've seen a bunch of Leo on Tokushoutsu, like, uh, I've seen a good a good chunk of Max. I've seen a good chunk of Nexus. So like I've seen other things, but those are, those are the only ones I've seen in their entirety. And so speaking from that place, this is like I like uh, uh, I can't imagine. A, I'm sure you guys have seen it all. I cannot imagine a bigger drop. <laughs> Although I know it exists because I've I'm, I've I've heard everyone's warnings about Ginga. <laughs> Well, for me, uh, I, I'd say Z is a little bit of mi- middle of the road. Um, like I liked it; I had fun tuning in. It was like one of the bright spots of the of the terrible year that was last year. Was like at least I have an Ultraman show I can watch on Friday nights. You know, um, I like the effects work. There's a lot of fun fun episodes and elements to it. I, I don't think it completely comes together. It feels a little undercooked. Um, but you know, it, it's fine. You know, it's kind of middle of the road. I know a lot of people love this show, um, which is good. You know, 
put some more, you know, get some more attention for the series. Um, I think the the big thing with this show is, you know, I, I guess if there was no pandemic, um, with every previous streaming Ultraman show from X through Geed, uh, my my friends and I would we'd have an Ultraman night. We'd hang out and we'd wait for the new episode to premiere, and you know we'd we'd watch it and just have a good time. It was like a weekly thing we'd do for like three years in a row. And, you know, seeing as how this, like, brings back, you know, like, stuff from Geed and stuff from Orb especially, you know, I think if there was no pandemic, of course, this could have been a really, you know, fun, this could have been, like, a really fun little show for us again. You know, it would have been like, oh, there's Juggler again, there's Geed again. But, you know, we don't we don't live in a perfect world, so uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we sort of missed out on that opportunity. Hopefully... We'll have this under control by the time Trigger releases, but I, I doubt it. Uh, right. Um, yeah, I, I just like I said, I'm. I, I don't know what I, I've also seen a bunch of people like talk about how much they love this show, and I don't get it. I mean, I don't know if maybe is it is it just like the the luxury, I guess, or the uh, uh, or the novelty of like, oh, I get to watch it, you know, every week, just like in Japan. I don't know, like if that's part of it. Um, but I mean, whatever. I mean, if people love it, I mean, good on them. I'm just, uh, I'm not one of you. <laughs> you I I definitely was, you know, very on board for the whole, you know, watching it as it as it streams for the first time. Um, you know, that sitting down, watching the clock count down until it actually starts playing. And then, you know, you get the broadcast with, you know, the commercial breaks with actual commercials in it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I got a, a real kick out of that. How, yeah. you know, while it's, it'll, I'm sure be better to watch it on Blu-ray without the commercials. Part of me will be like, ah, oh, I miss seeing that same commercial for the yeah. thing. Smartphone the, app over and over and over, or, or the or the Ultraman Sofubi commercial that they've been running since like what, Rube? <laughs> yeah, uh, I do want to point out that uh, we do get con, uh, uh, we do get Haruki telling Kanegan to socially distance. Uh, yeah. at one point, <laughs> uh, which was f- fabulous. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. Pfft, yeah, I just the, the the only thing that I'll give this show, um, and I guess the new generation in in general is, I love the twenty five episode format. Like, I mean, like I'm in the middle of Ace, and it's like gotten to the point where it's like towards the middle of every older Ultraman show. Like, I definitely like the older stuff more, but like. I always get to the in, in between episodes like 20, 20 through thirty five. I get in this whole like, oh god, I'm only on, <laughs> I'm only like a fourth of the way through, like, <laughs> and even like the shows that I really like, it just feels like I'm watching them forever. <laughs> so, I, I like twenty five episodes for something like this is like perfect for me. So, you know, I hope they at least stick with that. Now, I, I'd like to see. A little bit more. Um, I'm I'm one of the people that like I like having like oh boy I got 50 episodes of this of this Ultraman show to check out. That's sweet. Yeah, I know but you're you're a sick you're a sick. <laughs> but person. I'm also a a sociopath. Yeah, too. yeah. You um, you need help. But <laughs> yes, I do need help. Kyle. <laughs> um, that being said, I I like I'm, I'm fine with the 25 episode format. I think it fits the new gen stuff 
That being said, though, I wouldn't mind if we got bumped up at least like another 10 episodes. Because like the one complaint I have with a lot of the new gen shows is that, you know, it only airs for half a year and it has all this serialization and not enough time to breathe or some stuff gets, you know, brushed over or not elaborated upon. I felt like Geed was uh, a victim of that for sure, especially Taiga. So like maybe maybe a little bit more breathing room would be good if it was used properly. Like I wouldn't mind shows being like 35 to 39 episodes if they used it right. Um, but that's that's my opinion. Again, I am a psychopath. Yeah, I was going to say if anyone from Subaraya is listening, don't listen to him. He <laughs> he you know, he's you don't know him. We know him. He 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 he's he's sick. Um, he needs help. We're, we want to make sure he gets the right kind of help. So just don't 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 listen to him. Could you guys? If could I, you guys imagine Bird watching fifty episodes of Ultraman Z? Oh my God! I would lo- I would lose it. I would. Yeah, I would be losing it. Bird would. Bird would. You fucking regret doing this podcast. Every, so, so every every single week when it when the episode dropped, I could expect Bird to send me a message. And just complain for thirty minutes about the show. <laughs> hey, apparently Diamond Dallas Page watched this. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> the show was trending on Twitter. It was like a big deal. So, so. Di- I guess uh, uh, the be- Z Beta Smash uh, did uh, a-, a wrestling move called the Diamond Cutter, which was like Diamond Dallas Page's wrestling move, and he like tweeted about how awesome that was. Huh. So, huh. That's kind of cool. All right, well, there you go. Diamond Dallas Page uh, <coughs> thought this show was awesome. Um, I respectfully will disagree. Um, are, so, are, are, so are they going to do a movie for this? I'm, I'm going to have to deal with these uh, all these people again? No. From what I've oh, heard, like, due to just COVID and shit like that, there is no Ultraman Z movie. Okay. All right. We just have, we just have Shin this year to look forward to. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what the if that was a good trade off or not. I guess. Um, all right. I don't know. Is there? I, we're we're probably you know pretty good uh, to wrap up on Ultraman Z. Uh, anyone have any last uh, points they want to make? Any? Let's just do our ratings and final thoughts. Yeah. Okay. See. How many? Um, Hmm, there's a couple, couple we could go with. How many uh, shouting, screaming, obnoxious protagonists do you give How this? Many ultra metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or Bird, ultra metals. Like yeah. Out of five, um, look, I is this the worst thing I've ever watched in my life? No. Um, is is it the worst Ultraman thing I've watched? When put with like, okay, I've seen episodes of a show here and there. No, but as far as the shows that I've watched from beginning to end, it's definitely the worst. Um, I mean, there's a few episodes here and there that I liked. There's a few ideas that I really liked that didn't go very well, uh, didn't go anywhere, really. Um, I hate the protagonist. I hate most of the main cast. I I like the jugglist juggler guy, even though he is in this for absolutely no reason. Um, and, uh, overall, uh, I, it, it felt like a, a waste of time. <laughs> um, 
so, it, the, but the special effects are fantastic. You know, Taguchi is still one of the best tokusatsu directors out there. Um, uh, and, you know, I think with the advancements made in material and filming, if someone gave someone of his caliber some real money, I think he could do something amazing, but that won't happen. Um, so, uh, I do give it credit where it's due, but this just w- did, would not click with me. So, you know, I'm sorry to the people out there, but I'm coming down at, I'm coming down at a two, a two. Let it be said. I'm going to go next cause <laughs> I'm going to go next cause I think I'll probably, uh, be a, more lukewarm on this than the other than, than Kev or, or Connor. Um, for a show that for the new gen stuff, for them to have kind of a reoccurring theme, this show for various reasons just kind of botches the delivery. And you know, having jug, Jugless Juggler, who's probably the most interesting character in the show, not really have motivation with no clear end game. He just kind of exists, like. Bird and I were talking earlier, but if you took him out of the show, it doesn't change much. It's the same show. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same show. There's no. There's no real. There's nothing missing, and so I think that's a big miss. I do really appreciate the special effects. I think that's. I mean, for Ultraman, that's that's why I'm watching it. But this show was kind of a grind to get to. There's some bright spots, but I'm with Bird. I'm at a two and a half. It's not something that I'm going to go out of my way to ever watch again. Um, I would not recommend it to people who are not fans of Ultraman. Like this is not a show that I, I <laughs> that I would say, "Hey, go watch this." Uh, I don't understand why people loved it so much online. I just, I really don't. Um, but yeah, two and a half. Is someone like playing like a slot machine or something? <laughs> That's my dog in the background. <laughs> okay. She knew we were doing a podcast and decided that she needed to be as loud as possible. Bird's <laughs> taken like phone calls on podcasts before. You're fine. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, it's okay, true. Okay, I don't feel so bad now. Okay, you can you can keep shaking your head and callers. Go tear apart the living room real quick, okay? So I I guess I'll I'll go next then. Um I can I can understand to an extent why just because the visuals are so fantastic that people have really uh, latched onto this one and uh, for a lot of people we I think we forget sometimes how much of the fandom hasn't been around the block so to speak when it comes to these shows so I think a lot of people this might be like the first Ultraman thing that they're seeing and you know Taguchi did an episode of Kira Major. Uh, and we've seen that that clip like thrown around online, and like, man, look how look how awesome a Sentai series can look with somebody like this directing it. And it's like, yeah, that clip is awesome, but like, there's a awesome clip like sometimes twice, three times an episode in in uh, his his Ultraman stuff. It's you know, uh, you know, we we have that term we use in animation, Sakuga. I don't know what the appropriate live action terminology would be, but you just you'd want to have just a collection of these like really impressive special effects clips where you're putting the camera in unusual places. And uh, so, I mean, that's, that's the good stuff, you know, getting, getting things that look like they came out of something of, of a much higher budget. You know, there's, they replicate things out of Pacific Rim and stuff. Um, and that's all fantastic and delicious. Uh, that said, 
there's there's a lot of problems with the the story or lack thereof and um we really for the amount of build up and setup that we had we didn't have much payoff and the characters are there's a couple of them that are kind of fun but compared to every other ultraman series possibly ever they are kind of fallen flat so uh that you know i know i know connor was saying let's let's make this into like a 50 episode show i'm very happy with them doing like the 25 episode show and then also doing orb origin or uh ultra galaxy fight or something like that on the side where they're doing just something completely different or you know a neo ultra q you know, do more of that. Yeah. So having that mix up where you have multiple shows in a year, uh, I think that's a, that's a, a good wise way for them to be going at the time being when they otherwise are maybe going to be stretched a little thin. Um, the show uh, is a disappointment, but again, really just terrible circumstances for its creation. <laughs> so I think in, in an alternate world where, there was no COVID and the writer lived through the show. Uh, <laughs> it would probably have been different. That's kind of that, that that's my excuse for why there are problems structurally story wise. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, maybe give it three, maybe three and a half, uh, seven girl rocket punches. <laughs> All right. Connor, you're up. Well, um, I think a lot of my uh, criticisms of the show echo Kevin's. I think everything is there for a a classic Ultraman show. You have a unique, you have a unique setting. We've got some fun ideas. You got a cool Ultra host dynamic. Um, you got some great Tokusatsu in this show. Um, I think, though, again, like it's just the show. To quote um, the great philosopher. Uh, Curly Howard was a victim of circumstance. Um, this is a show that I think fought a really uphill battle, and I think the fact that it came out uh, decently well shows that you know I think it succeeded in the face of these odds. It's a fan favorite that I've noticed, um, but I I don't know if it's fully deserving of that. But at the same time. You know, if it's someone's favorite, I can't really fault them for it. I had fun watching it, um, despite its faults. And, you know, I I don't know if I'd recommend it as, like, someone's first Ultraman show. But at the same time, you know, I think Ultraman's in this weird position where, like, if you watch a new show, there's a 50% chance they'll bring back a character who hasn't been seen in decades, and they just kind of treat it as, like, oh, it's, hey, look, it's Commander Black, or, oh, look, it's it's Heller from the Ultraman anime from 1979. He's He's back. Um, so, you know, it becomes to the point where it's like, when's a good jumping on point aside from the original show? But, uh, I mean, I'm glad it was successful. Um, I'm glad it was there during a really awful sort of year as like a little bright spot, even though it was imperfect. I wouldn't mind, you know, some of the ideas and concepts in this, like the, the mechs for the science patrol being used again. Um, but I think overall it's a show that has a lot of great ideas, but just feels kind of, like I said earlier, it just feels a little undercooked. Like I think if it had, you know, no COVID and the, the writer, you know, didn't die at the beginning of the show, I think we would have had a much stronger program. Probably would have toppled Taiga in my eyes as my 
new favorite, but you know, we don't have that. But I think for what it is, it's okay. I give it I give it three ultra medals that Bandai is showing me right now. All right. Well, um I guess what's the the next Ultraman thing that we'll probably do is uh the absolute conspiracy and um Ace, which I swear I will finish. <laughs> Tom is gonna beat you. Tom is watching Return of Ultraman and we'll probably finish finish Ace before Bird does. <laughs> we'll see. Um so, uh, in the meantime, there's that, uh, and, um, yeah, Kevin, Connor, thank you guys for joining us, as always. Um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.